This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Andy Mast, local artist, and we're going to be talking about some of his work. He had a recent unusual exhibition in Denver. We'll get into that. Andy, thanks for stopping by today. Thank you, Gary. How long have you been here? I came to the Valley in the spring of 2015. I was 23 years old at that time. And I think a lot of people are familiar with your art. Your medium is pencil. If I had to describe it, I would describe it as photorealistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, real moments in time that inspire me. So so uh, realism is definitely a, a thing that I've always admired. So. Your art, to me, could be described as Western art. It seems to have those themes. I remember visiting my grandparents, going to the Gilcrease Museum in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Remington and Russell played heavily into those uh, things, very much the Western art of, the, of that time. What artists do you think about when you think about uh, Western art? Mostly, I think about contemporary Western artists first glance. But when I think about art history, obviously... Frederick Remington and Charlie Russell come to mind. Robert Bateman, a lot of American artists. But when we talk about art history, you know, I appreciate as far back as, you know, Rembrandt and uh, the Renaissance period. But in terms of Western art, Charlie Russell, Frederick Remington are, are some of the main ones that come to mind. Interesting. So, Andy, growing up, were there artists in the Amish community? It strikes me that that might be unusual. The answer would be no. For me, art goes back as far as I can remember. My mother says before I could walk, I was always doodling, scribbling around. And, and so for me, it wasn't as much as the discovery. It was just what I've always done and loved doing. So being influenced by other Amish artists was non-existent. It didn't happen. So I just slowly developed it on my own. And uh, as early as sixth grade... I remember sitting at my desk in school and just thinking, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Hmm. It was just a strong calling I felt early on. Andy, for those unfamiliar, how would you describe your art? Well, first off, my work is pencil work, which is in Western art and American art, pencil may not be viewed as the most popular medium. But for me, my work is pencil work, and it largely revolves around simplicity, simple moments in time, whether it's on the farm or in the backcountry or elsewhere. But also my work is very representational, you know, realistic work more. But I uh, strive to work beyond just photographs, but just create a sense of time, a moment in time. Mm -hmm. So in your art, you see horses, cowboys, and dogs, and barns, and those sorts of things, from what I've seen. Correct, correct. You've got amazing skills with pencils. Have you tried other mediums, oils, acrylics, photography? Yes, I have tried other mediums. Back in my teens, I tried uh, colored pencil, oil, acrylic, and most of those and I did dabble in those uh, long enough just to realize and understand that those other mediums channeled me back towards the pencil and graphite. Okay. There's a simplicity and a raw reality that you get with black and white and with pencil. And, and the raw reality of the media just kind of seemed to fit me 
pretty well in in as simple as I had been raised. What does your toolbox look like? If you're doing pencil, are there many different lead types, uh, hardnesses? Um, my toolbox is very simple, not very sophisticated. I always joke that my work, uh, most of my tools fit in a Ziploc, in a sandwich Ziploc bag. So <laughs> there's an assortment of pencils, uh, a few erasers, and some blending tertillions, and my kneaded eraser, and, and there you have it. So, Andy, as I look at your work, it is quite detailed. It looks like it takes a long time. How long does it take? It takes a long time indeed. It depends on the size, largely, of course, but I have worked on pieces for, you know, close to a year and several months. Smaller works can take up to, you know, two, three weeks, depending on the composition and the concept of the drawing. But for detailed larger works, uh, it's not uncommon to be on a piece for several months. Mm. Mm -hmm. That is a big commitment. Let's talk a bit about your recent show in Denver, uh, in that Larimer Square area. Tell us about what that looked like, how that came about. Okay. Uh, well, I have a, a befriended a person who was visiting Westcliff, and it came about that she loved my work, greatly admired my work, and she ended up being my part-time assistant in in helping me marketing and on my business end. And so she is a very high-qualified individual. She's a professional photographer, is a member of the PPA. Uh, she's a high school in Trenton, Texas, high school art director down there. And so in her photography endeavors, she entered a competition in Denver, and her work landed on the historic Daniel Fisher Tower. And so that's how she became aware of this venue and so after she got on board with my work, uh, she just simply presented my work to them. And it happened to come at a very timely time frame for them because they were looking for work to, to coincide and exhibit during the National Western Stock Show. Mm. And so within a couple of weeks, they, they were committed. And I had about a year to uh, get together the, and design the exhibit. So I have this pictured as uh, being at night when it's dark, projected on the tower. How many uh, pictures were in the rotation? I ended up assembling a total of seven of my images that we designed to uh, align and coordinate with the extreme perspective of the tower. So a total of seven pieces rotated throughout the exhibit from 5 p.m. to midnight every night throughout the month of January. So Andy, when you first went to Denver that first night and saw it, what were you thinking? Well, I thought I had prepared myself to see my work spanning across 20 stories tall. But really, when it came down to those moments when the director turned it on in my private preview, I was quite speechless. And <laughs> I, I, there just weren't any words to really describe the, the gratitude. And uh, it was a little bit of a realization that my career was really happening and that my dream was really coming true. And so uh, I actually kind of felt sorry for the director there because I just didn't have any words. <laughs> <laughs> that I wasn't, I didn't have a lot to say. It was so overwhelming. The quiet probably spoke pretty loudly, I suspect. And did you have a chance to mingle with some folks seeing your art for the first time? 
I did, actually, honestly. And uh, it was very interesting to see people strolling down the sidewalk and then just stop in their tracks and, and, and stare up at the tower. So my assistant, Robin, and I, we were there, you know, discussing the exhibit and um, I guess appreciating the hard work we'd done for almost a year prior to that. And so people would f- drift by and kind of discover that we had something to do with the exhibit. So I did uh, encounter some, some new and interesting people. What a unique opportunity. And I understand recently your art was shown on the cover of Painting World. How does a pencil artist get on the cover of Painting World? (laughs) Very interesting. It was very much a privilege to be on the cover because, honestly, they had to make some small uh, exceptions to get pencil work on their cover. However, I happen to have a connection with that editor, who actually did a feature on my work about four years ago, and she said, one of these days we're going to get you on the cover. And it just so happened that, happened that as a result of Denver, uh, I got a lot of press from Denver. And so Painting World magazine wasn't the only magazine that took notice and, and did some features on my work. Okay. And when you're doing your work, do you start off with uh, rough sketches to f- frame the picture out or do you just have an idea and go for it? I don't do a lot of thumbnails. I do most of my work in my mind before I ever go to the paper because there's so much to consider in light and shadow and contrast and values and perspective. And so when you're working with just a dark black medium, you have to be mindful of all those things of, of highlights shadows, cast shadows. And so a lot of my work is very thought out before I ever go to the paper. And so sometimes I'll do some thumbnail sketches, but for the most part, I get an idea and I, and I um, do my research and, and pretty much predict the outcome, but that doesn't mean there's many, many surprises when you're in on a work and a lot of problems. Okay. I know in your past, you had sort of a dark period where you had a fairly traumatic accident that kept you from work for a while. Tell us a bit about that and then how you came out of that and what happened sort of as you came out of that. I had a head injury when I was 17 years old. My dad found me unconscious out by the barn. So I had just been turning out a two-year-old horse and that's all we know. Nobody witnessed what happened. So it's a complete mystery as to what happened. However, I was unconscious for 48 hours, and uh, the following years were quite debilitating and dark. I couldn't work for five years on the farm, so as I was able in those past, in those following five years, I threw myself into my art. However, much of that time, I even lacked the strength to create. Mm. Did you find, as you came out of that, that there was a plus somehow? It was a long time in coming, but yes, I, I saw some positives as a result of that in how it affected my art. Early on, I just loved art, and I saw myself as an artist for the rest of my life, and I knew I wanted to be an artist, but I just wanted to create art. And after that dark experience, it kind of showed me of where I want to go with my art. It kind of brought more of a, a vision and a mission to my art of where I want to take my art. Because during my debilitating years, those dark five years, art I found very therapeutic and healing for for me. Mm. Art of the others, you know, like uh, some of my um, artistic heroes, 
I just found those very healing and it really spoke to me as to what I want to do with my art. And ultimately that is to bring hope to people. Thanks for sharing that. So Andy, your theme of bringing hope, etc. expand on that a bit. So only after I experienced my darkness after my accident, only then did I in- understand the importance of the light to me personally. So my work is a lot about the light, highly in regards to my art, but also in my personal life. So, so my art and my life really go hand in hand. But I just really hope, you know, my, my art brings hope and peace to people, and I strive to, to make the world a better place through my art. I strive to bring healing, and I hope to help people who have, are going through difficult times in their own lives and pay that forward to how other artists have helped me in the past. Great, thanks. Andy, a lot of folks have probably seen your work at Art for the Sangres when that was operating. Where else have you been able to exhibit? I have exhibited anywhere from uh, my hometown, Mount Vernon, Illinois, where we I had a one-man show back in 2014. Got accepted into the Cheyenne Frontier Days Art Show and Sale in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I've the past three years I've exhibited at the Small Works Great Wanderers Art Show and Sale in, at the National Cowboy Museum in Oklahoma City. Okay, and you have a studio here in town. Tell folks uh, locally here how they might best see your art. Just simply stop in my studio at 118 Main Street. I am there most days. I tend to run in and out on errands a little bit here and there, but don't give up. I'll be there at some point. And just simply walk in, say hello, and feel make yourself comfortable and look at my art in Grandma's house. And that's right around the corner from the radio station here. Andy, any final thoughts? Well, I would definitely like to acknowledge that my career has not come as far as it has without the help of many friends and loved ones in this community. A lot of good people have given me a leg up in this community. I love Westcliff. I have a great support team here. So, And I would just like to say with all gratitude and humility, thanks to everyone who supports my art. Great. Andy, before we go... One more time on your physical location and also your website. My physical location is in Grandma's house on Main Street, 118 Main Street in Westcliff. And also people can see my entire collection of my pencil work at andymastfineart.com. That's A-N-D-Y-M-A-S-T art.com. Great. Andy, thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Gary. We've been visiting with Andy Mast pencil artist from right here in Westcliff, Colorado. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. Walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground.